Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome to the middle of your week. So glad you decided to spend some time with us today here on The Ralph Report, another jam-packed show. This show may be more packed with jam than the average. Than ever. Really? Yeah, it's just so much show. We got so (laughs) much to talk about, so much to do, so much joy to share with the Garmy, so we're going to get right to it. I am your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman. Sitting here in the Batcave with me is the vice host himself, Mr. Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. Yo, ho, Eddie. It is Wednesday, August 19th, year of our Lord She's Moo 2020. Oh, hell, she's moving. It is right to give him thanks and praise. You kids are going to love today's show. Because it is filled with facts and ideas and thoughts and laughs and chuckles and chortles, giggles, smiles. Really? Head scratchers. <laughs> is there any Is there any like tender moments? Mm, let me think. Nothing, nope. No tender? No tender. Just all jokes? Just all just surface superficial bullshit on today's show. <laughs> Nothing That's, to make you think? Nah. Okay. Just stuff to make you not think. That's Perfect. what we're shooting for. That's what I need. Because on the counter, you want to know why? Because Steve Ashton's going to be stopping by, bringing us a little UK update on this Wednesday. Also, as we do every Wednesday, we're going to take a look at a smash hit song. And the artist that created it and then never really was heard from again. Mm-hmm. Today's a big one. Oh, really? From the uh, from the classic rock genre. Oh, nice. If you will. So we're going to get that little bit. What else we got? All your entertainment news. We got uh, so many great phone calls to get to in a little bit. Um, I'm gun shy on the phone calls now. Don't be. So just because I know I, I can't go into any of these phone calls not thinking it's going to turn into a poison song. <sighs> Why do you have to live your life in fear, because man? Because you've embraced. Ma- you the, guys have done it to me. Embrace the joy. I now every. Um, okay, I'm just like everyone. I have to go into now. It's all. It's all love, man. Is, is it? It's all love is it? here. Is on, it on the Ralph report? All right. Um, speaking of love, yeah. Many of you may know by now that uh, Kevin Smith and I are going to show a little love to Hollywood Babylon coming this Monday, August 24th. You may have saw my post yesterday or my social media about uh, our live Hollywood Babylon show. We haven't done a live Hollywood Babylon show, hell, since well before... God, February, March? The coronavirus struck because Kevin Smith was on the road with Jay and Silent Bob Reboot and that tour with that film. So we had to take some time off for that. And then the coronavirus came along and shut down all the live venues. So it may be... New Year's? February. I don't think it was as far back as New Year's. I think we may have done one before... Wow. Uh, the uh, shutdown happened. So I'm guessing February. But uh, the reason we're showing Love to Babel and we had to do something is because it's the 10th anniversary of that show. We've been doing it for 10 years. Wow. A decade. Congratulations. Of Hollywood Babylon. And um, we didn't know what we were going to do. Kevin said, we have to mark the occasion somehow. And I was like, what are we going to do? 
I'm going to get on a Zoom call. Go, hey, how are you? Oh, I don't know. How are you? I said, it's not babble if it's not something live. And then he wanted to do a live uh, celebration of his 50th birthday. Yeah. And he ended up doing it at a drive-in movie theater. And immediately afterwards, he called me and said, this is the way to go. We can do Hollywood Babylon at a drive-in. Mm. Everyone stays socially distanced in their own uh, cars with their own bubble of people. Everybody stays safe. It's built in, and then they can watch us live, but also watch us projected up on the big screen, so everybody gets a great seat. Is it? But it's so, your your guys' show is so interactive. How do you guys interact with the people in the cars? Well, we, we won't hear the laughter, right? But we're going to encourage um, headlight flashing and beeping, right? That'll be <laughs> that's sort why you of, get into this business. That'll be their substitute <laughs> for their reactions. Okay, like Justin Bieber, they can. That's like perfect made for car beeping. I don't know. We'll work something out, but it's going to be a full-blown Babylon show. We're going to have all the usual segments, and we're going to have video clips and pictures and sound. It's going to be just like a live show, minus the uh, laughter and interaction with the audience. But we'll be on hand, and if you can't see us, because we'll probably be at the bottom of the screen there, again, we're going to be projected up on the big screen. So it's going to be a blast. Monday, August 24th is the date here in Southern California at the Vineland Drive-In Theater, which is in City of Industry, California. I believe we go on stage at 8.30, doors open at 5.30, if I'm not mistaken. Everybody gets some free uh, kettle corn and uh, some other great stuff. You're going to have a packed Monday. Yeah, why? Because you, you got to write two shows. Yeah, well, luckily, Babylon is the kind of show I can write in advance, yeah, so I yeah. can spend this weekend putting that together. That just seems like a lot. It is. Yeah. It is a lot, but it's well worth it. And uh, some people are already bitching and moaning about the price. It is $100 per car. Pack the car, man. But there's no limit to how many people you can put in a car. Pack the car. Put 27 of your friends in the car with you. Well, if two people go to Hollywood Babylon together, that's usually, what, 30 40 bucks a ticket. Then you got drinks and food. You spend $100 per couple. Yeah. It, it might be a little bit more comfortable experience than sitting True. in a car for a couple hours. True. But you can easily put four people in a car and split the cost four ways. Yeah. And, and maybe even more if you have really close friends. Yeah. So, um, anyway, there you go. If you need tickets, you can go to csmod.com, S-E-E-S-M-O-D.com. And then we're right at the top of the page here. Click on there and it'll give you all the information for getting your tickets for the Monday, August 24th show. And other people are saying, why has it got to be a Monday? I got to (laughs) work. And the answer to that is because these drive-in movie theaters are making their nut on the weekends and they need to show movies. Yeah. So if they're going to go dark for us, they had to do it on a night that wasn't a uh, particularly big, busy night for them. Makes so, sense. There you go. There's are all the details for the Hollywood Babylon 10th anniversary drive-in bash, as we're calling it. And I hope to see some of you Garmy members, those of you who are local enough to stop by. Here's a chance to get out of the house, by the way. Yeah. Do something different, which you haven't really had a chance to do since uh, all this started. Hang out with some like-minded people. I mean, have a good time. Exactly. So there you go. Uh, what else is there to talk about? Oh, the National Hockey League, the NHL, yesterday was a really good day, a really good day mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. because uh, the Philadelphia Flyers uh, won yet another game, putting them up 3-1 of the best of seven series against the Montreal Canadiens. That's awesome. Good for you. Double back-to-back shutouts by our young goalie, uh I was going to say Kevin Hart, but that's not right. Carter Hart. I wish it was Kevin That'd Hart. That'd be hilarious. God, I wish Kevin, Kevin Hart. Hart. You guys would be out so quick. Uh, the kid's on fire. He's just oh. playing great, and uh, it was a lot of fun. So uh, thanks to everyone who sent along their good wishes. More in hockey news. Mm-hmm. Eddie Pence's 
Yeah. Uh, they're the uh, Washington uh, hockey team, right? Is that what they're no, called? No, they they actually have a oh. logo and a uh, you know a nickname. They uh, they live to play at least another day, eking out a victory, mm-hmm. eking out a victory over the uh, New York Islanders. Burned my outside of 2018 when they won the Stanley Cup. They have burned me my entire life in the playoffs. This the, is they typical. are kind of famous for they, struggling in the yes, playoffs, usually, doing really well in the in the yes. regular season. And then struggling in the playoffs. Yeah, it's usually the Penguins or the Rangers that knocks them out. But uh, I guess it's. I mean, they've they've extended it with the Islanders, but I don't. I don't have a lot of hope anymore. I'm well, just, yeah. I'm what burned. a what a fan you are! I'm burned, are. man. I'm Boy, burned. they're glad to have you I've, on their side. I've seen this show before. Oh, they can't do it. I know the ending. What happens if they win the next three? Oh, then we win the Stanley Cup. Uh, oh, okay. we're going all the way. All right. Well, you got to get more. You got to get the it's, series better than it, one three. It's good to know that you have no. Well, no solid foundation for your fandom one way or the other that they, you're just you're just going to go whichever the way the blind, the wind blows they dicked me over oh three now they're one three i'm like all right show me a little more before i get back invested that's the way i say it i see give so, me two three i'll get back in it they gotta they gotta prove something win to you one now. more i'm back in all right uh do they play again today Is that the, i know the flyers play today i think they're uh, on the same schedule i aren't think they? so yeah they're on the same schedule i don't know so uh, more hockey news yet to come Look, the way we're playing, we're playing hockey in August, so the next season should start next week or something, right? right? Coming up soon. I think the the new NHL season is actually going to overlap the Stanley <laughs> Cup playoffs this year, where some preseason is going to start during the Stanley <laughs> yeah, Cup. Some final. teams will be playing their preseason games. While I'm all for that. More hockey are uh, finishing up on their Stanley Cup run. All right, Let's so uh, we'll keep it. following uh, hockey, and a lot of folks have been responding positively to our chat. But I guarantee, not guarantee. Once both of our teams are out of it, <laughs> no you, more you, you won't hear any more talk. It's all football, baby. That's right. You won't hear anything until they actually someone's carrying the cup, and we'll go, "Oh yeah," and that team. Congratulations <laughs> to that. All right, let's turn our attention to you guys, the beloved members of the Garmy. We love it when you reach out to us, especially when you leave your voicemail messages on the Garmy hotline. No, it's the, called the Ralph Report Hotline. It's not called the Garmy Hotline. You think I would know by now <laughs> what the thing's think. called? It's only been two years. The Ralph Report years. Hotline. We love it when you leave your messages 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's available to you. You can just uh, dial up the phone number, 1-833. Oh, stop that. Stop doing it like that. I don't like it like that. Oh, oh God. Sound like the video vault. <laughs> that's the number to call one eight three three. Hi, Ralph. Leave your thoughts, your feelings, your questions, your comments. I listen to each and every one of them, and then I grab a handful of them. We put them here at the top of the show in a segment called Garmy on the line. The telephone is ringing. The Garmy's on the line. Ralph's gonna play your calls now and see what's on your mind. We've been asking you to contribute the worst cover songs of all time, in your opinion, <laughs> in the segment we're calling, at least for now, One Hit Blunders. John called in with the one he hates. Hi, Ralph. Yoho, Eddie. John, two-star general here in Indiana, and I wanted to make a suggestion for worst cover songs. Dwight Yoakam's cover of Prince's Purple Rain. Mm. At first, I thought it was a joke, but yeah. no, it's real. Yeah. And it's awful. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Love you. Mean it. Bye. You're not wrong, John. This was uh, an ill-advised decision <laughs> on the part of Dwight Yoakam, who I have no real problem with. I think he can be a very entertaining singer, songwriter, but this was a, a misstep. 
Here's uh, Dwight Yoakam's Purple Rain. Purple Rain, Purple Rain. Purple Rain, Purple Rain. Purple Rain, Purple Rain. The only one to see you bathing in Purple Rain. Why, why would you try to take on that song? I don't know. Oh. He has Ooh. sucked every bit of oh, soul or emotion out of it by making it a fucking square dance. God, tune. that was ooh. And it, uh, John, you're not wrong. That is a, a horrible, oh. horrible cover song. Here at the Ralph Report, we're not just entertaining you. We're bringing families together. Okay, I know in this time uh, there's a lot of pressure in the household. Sometimes people aren't getting along. Well, this show is the cure for that. Just ask Sandy. Hey, Ralph, this is Sandy. I was listening to your Monday show, and I realized I didn't turn it off uh, before you said, uh, stay the fuck at home, and uh, my three-year-old repeated it. So now I have to make sure my husband doesn't hear that. Okay, love you. Mean it. Bye. (laughs) The kid in the background is screaming, stay the fuck at home, the three-year-old. That Sandy inadvertently allow her the uh, the close of the show. So apologies, I guess, Sandy. Stay the fuck at home. Oops. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hit that button. That was technically not you saying it. It isn't. So you so, can't blame us. Can't blame you. Just reporting the news. We don't write it. Yesterday we we're talking about the song "Money Money" by Billy Idol, and I mentioned back in the '80s when I was out at parties or dance clubs, when that song would be played by a DJ, there was a call and response that went along with it. Yeah, it would be "Here we go now," saying "Money Money," and then we'd go "Hey," and then half the room would go "Hey what?" and we'd say "Get laid, get fucked," <laughs> and you said you had never heard that before. No, I. So I thought maybe it was a Philly thing. Maybe I was losing my mind. Maybe just me and my friends thought that was hilarious. It might have just been a couple of years before me. Perhaps, but it's still going on today. Oh, is it? I don't know. And we're getting calls from literally all around the world. Let's start with Canada. Hey, Ralph. Yo, ho, Edwin, Bojack, BC calling. Hey, Ralph, you were talking today about uh, when you played uh, Money Money by uh, Billy Idol there. Yeah, up here in northern British Columbia, we had the uh, same call and response to to that. Hey, everybody, get laid, get fucked. So yeah, it's not not just down there. It's not just you, buddy. It's all over North America, I guess. Love you guys. Mean it. Bye. So that's calling in from Canada, telling I, us that I they believe, were saying. I believe everybody. Oh, no, I, I wasn't a big bar well, patron. I maybe probably, that's why. That's probably why you didn't spend a lot of time punching that into a jukebox or hearing it played by a DJ. No, you were really. staying at home. I was in your denim Iron Maiden jacket, just feeling sorry for yourself. Uh, no, I did not feel sorry for myself. Well, I don't know I what you were doing. Myself. What were you doing? The rest of us were partying. What I, were you doing? I, I went to. I, I probably went to more house parties than bars. Oh, I see. That sort of thing. Because I didn't have a fake ID. Why get a fake ID? I don't drink. Yeah, that's true. Oh. Uh, Los Angeles calling in. Hey, Ralph. I had to pause the show because you were talking about Monet Monet and how the crowd would yell, hey, hey, what? Uh, and I grew up in Los Angeles, and I grew up with that uh, as the call and response for Monet Monet. And if you were on the East Coast, and you had the same thing. So I'm curious, where did that come from? LMB. Excellent question and an opportunity for us to ask the question, 
Where did it come from? Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? Well, here's the thing. No one really knows the story behind it, but hmm. they do say it is a viral moment in American history before the internet. Before the internet was around to make things go viral, this took off not only in America, but also Canada, uh, England. Anywhere you hear that song now, you will hear this. And they're not quite sure how it spread so far. That's online. weird. All they know is that Billy Idol recorded his version of Moni Moni in 1981, after he left the band Generation X, he released a four-track EP, including his version of Moni Moni on it. And it was released as a single, but it didn't really do that well. And by the time he re-released the song in his live version, which we all know so much now, in 1987, and in those intervening six years, something inexplicable had happened around the world, whether it was, it was because of dance clubs or bars or wherever they were playing it. But by the time he started playing it in concert again, audiences, wherever he was, started to yell those lyrics back at him on stage. So it wasn't something he started in concert. Not at all. It happened completely independent of him, but it has come back full around now. So it's expected at his <laughs> concerts when he now <laughs> sings that. So I thought, who better to ask than the man himself? Here's Billy Idol in an interview being asked by a very intrepid reporter, just where did that come from? Do you know the history of it? Well, I, I heard it was uh, that you started off in those frat houses, you know, back in the 80s, I suppose, um, that the frat house started it, and then it kind of graduated to the discos, and then the, the DJs would sort of like, yeah, the crowd would start shouting it, and yeah, that's, it kind of went on from there, and then, it, and then we even graduated to our live shows. So. so he does it in his live shows now. Wow. He believes it started in London universities at frat parties. They started doing it. There may be a contributing factor that in his autobiography, he talks about losing his virginity when he was a young teenager. And that song by Tommy James and the Shondells, Money Money, was playing in the background when he lost his huh. virginity. So maybe someone read that and just factored it in. Wow. Anyway, here's a little bit of uh, the live version. This is Billy Idol on stage not that long ago. And um, the, the, ver the accepted version now of Money Money. So that's officially part of the song that's now. Great. It is great. That's amazing. The human race is amazing. What right. they can what they can do when they put their minds to we it. We come together, what we can accomplish. Can't solve world hunger. Nope. But we can sure all sing Get Laid, Get Fucked to a uh, pop song. Yeah, that's we have for no sure. chance. Charles called in. He and his pal are having a debate. They want us to weigh in. I told him we'd be happy to. Hey, Ralph. Yo-ho, Eddie. This is Charles, four-star general from Indiana. I uh, just got into a debate with one of my friends at work about who would be the worst uh, Batman villain to date. One of my friends says Harleen Quinzel. I happen to say Pamela Ivesley. You know, cause, yeah, Harley's crazy, but Pamela, you know, that girl's poison. Damn it, fucker. Ivy. Cue the song. That girl is She's poison ivy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's poison ivy. 
She's great. It's poison. I don't think you understand. No, I understand. She's poison. She, I don't think you get she's, it. She's poison. She's, she's got a big button and a smile. She's poison. She's poison. Yeah. Ivy. Can't trust her. Can't trust her. Ugh. Not at all. Fucking <laughs> assholes. Our next caller, you know, I don't ask a lot. Mm-hmm. But the show puts a certain amount of pressure on me. And there's things that I let people do and are allowed. And there's some things that are not allowed on the yeah. show. And sometimes people fly in the face of that. It really gets me frustrated. But I get equally satisfied and appreciative when someone knows the rules and lives by them, like this caller. Hi, Ralph. Yoho, Eddie. This is JR from Los Angeles. My wife, Kim, is turning 40 this Wednesday, August 19th. And as a huge fan of yours, she knows better than to ask you for a birthday shout-out. Good. I know, I know. You don't do birthday shout-outs. Right. So I thought I'd ask you to definitely not wish her a happy birthday. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for understanding how the show works and the fact that I do not do birthday shout-outs. Because if I start doing it for one person, then I got to do it for everybody. Mm -hmm. So I'll, although I'm sure... You know, you're, you love your wife, Kim, and it's her 40th birthday, and you're very eager to celebrate in some way, especially with this pandemic going on. I truly appreciate you not asking me to say happy birthday to her on the show. Right. Because it would, be, it would take up a lot of time, yep. and it would be a big speed bump. And, and people that don't know them don't care. Exactly. Right? So it's completely out of line, but yes. at least you recognize that I will not be wishing your wife, Kim, a happy 40th birthday me on either. the show. And neither will Eddie. Nope. No, uh, no one will be saying happy birthday, will Kim. There will be no uh, singing, no celebrating, no well-wishing None of that. from us. Not that we don't wish her well. Oh, yeah, sure. But it just would be uh, inappropriate for the show. Completely yes. inappropriate. Absolutely. We've also been asking folks to give us their happy hits. What's the little piece of music that makes you feel alive? Maybe you put this as, uh, as your wake-up song when you wake up in the morning mm, your ringtone or your ringtone yeah what if for like four years in a row you had the same song that woke you up every morning if you were living Please with don't it fucking i'm not i'm just saying some people like happy. they like music sometimes when they wake up in the morning <sighs> what's your happy hit well patrick called in with his hi ralph yoho eddie patrick here from west virginia calling about songs that make you want to smile and an added benefit Songs that make just get your blood pumping and motivate you in case you're in a slump, like maybe now during self quarantine. As a kid, I had never seen Rocky Three. Shame on you! But right. I loved Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. Right. And in these times when we're all having to quarantine and stay in the house, it's nice to get off the couch and get something to get your blood pumping so you can get some work done and feel and feel not depressed. Love you, mean it, bye. You, first of all. What what kind of childhood did you lead where you didn't see Rocky Three? Yeah, how did you not see that, it? That's uh, child abuse. It's unavoidable. But you're right in your selection for your happy hits. Are there, I believe, I truly believe in my heart of hearts, there's nothing you can't accomplish with you're playing this song in the background. <laughs> if you're working out, you, you you can put an extra five, ten pounds on the bar. Get another rep out. If you're yeah. running, you can go another couple city blocks. There's just nothing you can't accomplish if you've got this in your ears. Here's a survivor with Eye of the Tiger.
God. Even going into the song, you know, okay, this is just a cheesy pump-up song. It still pumps yeah, you up. Yeah, you can't. You, there's no yeah, stopping it. Still. It gets into your bloodstream and you get infected. Yeah. There's no way to stop you it. Can't, you can't help it. My God. Excellent call, Patrick. Thanks to everybody who called in, by the way. You too can be featured on this segment, but you know what you got to do? You got to call me. Hey there, it's Ralph Garman here. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are, why not subscribe to The Ralph Report so you can hear it every day, Monday through Friday. For just 15 cents a day, you can be a one-star general supporter, and that will get you the show in your ear holes Monday through Friday. Of course, there are two, three, and four-star general levels as well, which gets you more bonus content and more access to me. So if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Go to patreon.com slash the Ralph Report. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash The Ralph Report. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. Wednesday through Friday, we take this opportunity to look back on folks who passed away on this day in history, and we celebrate their lives and their legacies in a segment called Hello, Death. Sooner or later, we'll all meet our maker, but today while we're still above ground... There's plenty to learn about the folks in the urn, so Ralph's gonna break it down. Hello, Death. On this day, August 19th, back in the year 14. Oh, going back to 14. That's way back. Way back there. Augustus Caesar, first Roman emperor. Heard of him. Passed away at the age of 75 on this day in 14. That's impressive. It's a good run. Jeez, at that time. I think if you're the emperor, though, they take pretty good care. You get the best health care. Get the best food. <laughs> if you get, you know, if you get a sword wound or something, they probably wash it out with something other than urine or something. So, <laughs> But usually at that point, you, someone kills you to take your power. It's, that's hard to live that long. Well, they did, then. didn't they? Isn't it famous? The Ides of March? Oh, that's right. They? You got oh, stabbed. It wouldn't be the Ides of March because no. maybe that's just the fictional version. But... Uh, <laughs> Gaius Octavius was his real name. And then, of course, he became Augustus Caesar. Mm. Ah, your move, Imperator. Ah. When, whenever I think of Julius Caesar, I, oh, this <laughs> is Augustus what, Caesar. This isn't Julius, Julius Caesar. He's the one who got stabbed. Julius got stabbed. Much he, younger age. He was probably uh, second, the second Caesar, because this is the first Roman emperor. So Julius no, was probably. No, the second Caesar was Caesar Caesar. <laughs> the pizza pizza. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> little... Never mind. Never mind. Uh, when I think of Caesar, I think of the movie Omega Man, where Charlton Heston's the last man on Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone else is turned into uh, mentally ill zombies. Mm-hmm. And he plays chess opposite a bust of Julius Caesar. Ah. And when it's time for Caesar's move, which he, of course, it's makes. also. But yeah. He goes, it's your move, Imperator. Roll credits. Roll credits. <laughs> on this day in 1662, Blaise Pascal... Legendary French mathematician and physicist. I think he'd do something else besides be a mathematician with that name. Blaise Pascal. Yeah. He was also a a philosopher Uh as well. Still should be an adventurer. Died at the age of 39. Oh. And he accomplished so much in his life, like Pascal's Law, which is a huge law in physics. I've heard of that one. You know that one. I don't know what it is, but I've heard of it. Sure you do. Give it a shot. (laughs) Pascal's Law? Yes. I 
Can't think of it. It is. I've heard of it. It is the law yeah. to nature okay. that applies to fluids uh-huh. in an enclosed Oh, they space. seek their level, right? Nope. 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 Not that one. Not at all. <laughs> A change in pressure at any point in an, exclosed, in an enclosed fluid yeah, yeah, yeah. is transferred to all points in that fluid. Okay. Which is the premise behind hydraulics, basically. Right. You can have a hose filled with water. Right. And then you can have a giant platform where that water goes. Right. And if you put pressure on the end of the hose, that pressure will be transferred through that fluid to that platform. And you could raise a car, for example, right, with right. hydraulic lift or gotcha. something like that. So he was the first guy to recognize, no matter where I put the pressure on, this amount of fluid, if it's in an enclosed space, that pressure will be exerted on every surface of the water. Gotcha. That was his. I've heard of it, just didn't know what it was. He also came up with Pascal's wager. What was that one? Which is that all human beings are wagering their lives as to whether God exists or not. Hmm? He believed that any rational person should live as if God exists and seek to believe in God, because if God doesn't exist, you've only lost some minor physical pleasures and some luxury. But if God (laughs) does exist, you get infinite gains because you'll spend eternity in heaven or infinite losses, you'll spend eternity in hell. Nah. So he's saying his wager is any rational person would would bet that there is a God and live their life accordingly. And uh, okay. to which I say, I, nope. I wager the other way. And he died at 39, by the way. Yeah. So if he was living like that, think of what he missed out on right. dying at 39. And now he's just in the dirt. I'm not missing a thing. <laughs> on this day in 1765, <laughs> Axel Frederick Kronstedt, Swedish chemist, Passed away at the age of 42. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's see what he discovered. Just nickel and tungsten, that's all. Oh. Those are pretty useful metals. Yeah. Thank you, Axel. Thanks for the nickels. <laughs> no, not the nickel. <laughs> he discovered the metal nickel, which is used in steel and a great many other things. Oh. He didn't invent a nickel. <laughs> oh, that would have been a great invention, too. Although they do use nickel in nickels, see? and that's where the name came there from. There you go. 1888, Spencer F. Baird. Died at the age of 65. He was the first curator at the Smithsonian Institute. Oh, was he? Yes. Hmm. He was very into natural history, and he increased their collection of natural history specimens at the Smithsonian from 6,000 at the time when he took over to 2 million by the time of his death. Wow. So that's a good job. Significant increase. 1895, legendary American gunfighter in the Old West, John Wesley Harden, passed away. Well, when I say passed away, he was gunned down in a saloon in El Paso. That's the way you go out. That's the way you go out. He had just got out of prison. Within a year of his release, he was shot down in El Paso, Texas at a saloon. Mm. Killed his first man at the age of 15, Eddie Pence. He did uh, 24 years in prison for murder. Killed 42 men. He spent 24 years in prison? Yes. Wow. He killed one man just for snoring. (laughs) So is, do you remember the old Time Life book commercials with Jack Palance talking yes. about the Old West? I do remember those. That was his line. Me and my friends <laughs> used to say that all the time. <laughs> I forgot about that. John Wesley Harden killed a man just for snoring. Here's Jack Palance <laughs> selling you Time Life books about the old gunfighters. Now, Time Life book shows the West like it really was. This book, The Gunfighters, reveals the men behind the legends. John Wesley Hart, who shot a man for snoring. Shot a man for snoring. I had a career just for breathing hard. He, he did, yes. <laughs> On this day in 1896, Josiah Dwight Whitney, American geologist, passed away at the age of 76. 
really the the father of modern geology. Hmm. Okay. You, heard, you ever heard of Mount Whitney? I have heard about Whitney. Yeah, it's the highest point in the contiguous United States. Oh, okay. And it's named after him. That's oh, how good, good for he him. was. Good for him. 1959, Claude Graham White, a British aviation pioneer, died at the age of 79. He was the very first man to make a night flight. That took some balls. That's scary. Not shit. being able to see anything well, and just flying to around. Land. You don't know where the ground is. No, you don't. I guess unless they, unless put they have all, the lights down. I'm assuming they probably lit well, it probably up. Probably not for him. well lit. Well, something. There was something down there. I don't think anybody was expecting him just to do it on feel. <laughs> just, just keep when going until you, you hit something. When hard. you hit something, pull up, Claude. Just <laughs> good luck with those tires. 1967, Hugo Gernsbach. Mm. Legendary American inventor and science fiction writer died at the age of 83. He founded the very first magazine dedicated to science fiction in 1926, a magazine called Amazing Stories, which, of course, Steven Spielberg borrowed oh, yeah. the title for for his uh, love anthology series. Love that show. Yes. He's pretty much along with Jules Verne and H.G. Wells, known as the father of science fiction. In fact, the annual awards presented at the World Science Fiction Convention are named the Hugos after him. In 1994, Linus Pauling, Nobel Prize scientist, passed away at the age of 93. He was the big uh, vitamin C advocate. He believed that uh, you could treat many ailments with uh, vitamin therapies. Hmm. Does it kind of work? It kind of works. Kind of works. There's other things that you need. He's a tremendous um, scientist, however. He yeah. is one of only four individuals to have won more than one Nobel Prize. And he is only one, the only person to have been awarded two unshared Nobel Prizes. Those are the best kind. And he's one of two to be awarded Nobel Prizes in different fields. Now he's just getting greedy. He won one for peace activism and another one in chemistry. Peace activism. Yes. Hey, guys, stop fighting. He, he Everyone won. stop. Well, you ever heard of the Nobel Peace Prize? I know. But it's kind of a big deal. He's, he's, he was working towards <laughs> God, world peace. Guys, seriously, stop. <sighs> I'm serious. Everyone, you you don't know, man. That's a, okay. 1995, Danny Arnold, TV producer, passed away at the age of 70. Responsible for such shows as Barney Miller, That Girl, Bewitched, very talented guy. 2008, Leroy Moore, American saxophonist, worked with the Dave Matthews Band, passed away at the age of 46. Heard a little bit of his work in uh, the song Ants Marching. English film director Tony Scott passed away on this day in 2012, committed suicide at the uh, age of 68. Remember that. Yeah. He uh, directed some great films, including Top Gun, Beverly Hills Cop 2, The Last Boy Scout, True Romance, Crimson Tide, Enemy of the State, Man on Fire. A lot of good films. 2016, Jack Riley, American character actor, passed away at the age of 80. Jack Riley, probably best known for playing Mr. Carlin on The Bob Newhart Show. Bob Newhart was a psychologist. And Mr. Carlin was his most problematic patient on that show. Always <laughs> funny. Here's a little bit of Jack Riley and Bob Newhart. Hey, is this room getting smaller? In addition to your other problems, uh, maybe you're claustrophobic. Uh, what do they call that when a person's claustrophobic? <laughs> Claustrophobia. Oh, yeah. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> uh, I've, I've studied for years. <laughs> It's one of the great sitcoms of all time. That's what we do on this show. 
It's true. That's pretty much what we do on this show. You're the Mr. Carlin to my Bob Newhart. (laughs) And speaking of Eddie Pence and the endless frustration I get from having conversations with him, at this point in the show, we find a food related to someone who passed away on this day, and we see if Eddie Pence would eat it or not, or even perhaps stick it up his ass, or pull it out of his ass. We do that by talking about the food and then pulling the handle of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine. If it comes up jackpot, that means he would eat it. However, if it's mismatched, then it's just sadness and frustration. Today, we're paying tribute to the late Julius Marks, probably better known by his stage name of Groucho, Mm. passed away on this day in 1977. If you're not familiar with the work of the Marx Brothers, get on it. Now. What the hell's wrong with you? For crying out loud. Not only was he brilliant in those films, but then as a solo career, if you ever watched the old TV show, You Bet Your Life, it was a quiz show where he would just interview regular people, and he had such a sharp mind for ad libs and conversation. Yeah. You'd split your side, just laughing at him talking to some housewife from someplace. The quickest comedic mind I've ever seen. He's ridiculous. He passed away at the age of 86 on this day. In 1977, here's a little bit of his work, a compilation of some of the greatest insults of Groucho Marx throughout his film career with the Marx Brothers. Just take a listen. Why, I've never been so insulted in my life. Well, it's early yet. He's had a change of heart. A lot of good that'll do him. He's still got the same face. This lady is my wife. You should be ashamed. If this lady is your wife, you should be ashamed. (laughs) He looks as healthy as any woman I've ever met. You don't look as though you ever met a healthy woman. What? Haven't we seen each other somewhere before? I don't think so. I'm not sure I'm seeing you now. It must be something I ate. (laughs) Remember, you're fighting for this woman's honor, which is probably more than she ever did. (laughs) Why don't you go home to your wife? I'll tell you what, I'll go home to your wife. And outside of the improvements, you'll never know the difference. (laughs) (laughs) What a delivery. God, he was awesome. Here's the thing about Groucho. He um, loved bread. Ah. Especially his favorite kind of bread was pumpernickel bread. That was his favorite. In fact, the famous restaurant Chasen's here in Los Angeles, which is now closed, used to always serve him his beloved pumpernickel bread and always kept a private stock of his favorite sweetened butter to go along with it. If you're not familiar with pumpernickel bread, oh my God, it's so good. It's a very heavy, dark, basically rye bread, traditionally made with a sourdough starter and then coarsely ground rye. It's known by its very dark brown color. As for where the name came from, According to academics in Germany, they believe it was because early pumpernickel bread was very hard to digest and would cause a lot of flatulence amongst the people who (laughs) ate it. And there was a uh, Germanic term for flatulence known as pumpern, which meant that you had a lot of gas. And then nickel was the form of the name of Nicholas, which was commonly associated with a goblin or devil. So basically, pumpernickel translated means the farting devil or the devil's fart. Fart goblin. (laughs) Oh, fart goblin. (laughs) However, it's worth it. Pumpernickel, one of my favorite breads. Is Eddie Pence going to eat pumpernickel or not, though? There's only one way for us to find out. Let's pull that handle. Here we go. One pumpernickel, two pumpernickel, three. I need a pumpernickel. (laughs) Eddie Pence is a fart goblin. I am surprised. Why? Probably going to go good. I didn't see that coming. I like bread. Yeah, but this is dark and it's very, it's got a strong uh, rye flavor to it. Uh, and yeah, it's got a hard some, crust. You throw some butter on it. As long as it's nice and, you know, it's not Man. too hard on the inside. Man. Uh, Warmed up with some butter. Look at you eating bread. I now like we're bread. celebrating 
the fact that Eddie will eat a slice of bread with some butter on it. That's what we've been reduced to. Uh, the fart goblin. The fart goblin. The devil's fart. Anyway, we miss you, Groucho, and that is today's Hello, Death. Hello, Death. You're dead now, so shut up. All righty, now it's time to take a look at all the entertainment news in a segment I call the Showbiz Beat. Well, the day I've been waiting for is almost here. On this Friday, finally, we're supposed to get some sentencing in my favorite FBI sting case, <laughs> Varsity Blues. I don't want your life. Operation Varsity Blues, Lori Lachlan and Massimo Giannulli are facing a judge this Friday, they tell us, to get their sentencing in their plea agreement signed back in May Oof. about the crimes they committed to um, conspire to commit wire fraud and mail fraud. This, of course, all stems from them hiring this Rick Singer guy and paying him $500,000 to get their daughters admitted to USC as fake crew recruits. Mm. Now, apparently their team is trying to get them off without doing any time. The plea specifically allocates five months for him and two months for her. That's bullshit. So here's the good news is that federal prosecutors have gone in and argued in court this week that they insist on the prison time for these two for cheating to get their daughters into USC. Now, whether the judge will adhere to their recommendations or not remains to be seen, but we should know Friday whether they're going to do some time. think they'll get some sort of crappy house arrest because of COVID? No. Two months house arrest? No, they should get the death penalty. I know that's what they should get, but I wonder if the judge is going to go ahead and just... Yeah, I suppose that's a possibility. I'll give you six months house arrest because of COVID, and then you're done. They can get house arrest, but it can't be their house. They have to. They have to. They got to live in my apartment. That's right. I need to live in their house. Exactly. That's what should happen. They should have to trade with somebody. Trade with a. Trade with me. Trade with a family that was trying to get their kid into USC legitimately. There you go. And was bumped off the list because their two Instagram brats got on. Yeah. And swap homes with them for six months. That's what they should do. That's a good idea. So we'll keep a close eye on that story and see what happens. Could be a sitcom after that. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) The judge ordered you to fullest house. Um, this is a, a story about sex and power and everything that Hollywood likes. Universal Vice Chair Ron Meyer had to quit his job this week. Hmm. He is the vice chairman of NBC Universal, and he had to step down because of a, what in his words, brief and consensual affair he had with a woman who then turned around and was trying to extort him and was going to see, sue NBC Universal for his conduct. And she told him about her plans, and he said, I went to uh, the brass at NBC Universal, and I told him that it, I acted inappropriately, and I'm going to step down to my position. So basically, he fall, fell on the sword and outed himself so he didn't put NBC Universal in a bad well, way. Well, that's the way to do it, I guess. I suppose. <laughs> I suppose. I mean, it was consensual, though. He ran Universal Studios from 1995 to 2013 and then became the vice chairman of NBC Universal for the last seven years. Ron Meyer, also one of the founders of CAA, by the way. Oh, is he? He is a, uh, a legendary powerhouse in this town. The actress he had the affair with is named Charlotte Kirk. And here's where it gets interesting. She also had an affair with Warner Brothers chief Kevin Suihara. Excuse me, Suihara. And that led to his being fired from Warner stay, Brothers last year. Stay away from this person. Stop having sex with this woman. <laughs> 
She's an actress, and she released some text messages that leaked to the press that uh, Sujihara was pulling strings to get her roles in Warner Brothers films because they were having an affair. And once that news broke, Warner Brothers let him go. So this is two heads of two studios this woman has brought down. There just needs to be a movie or a novel about this woman. And if she's banging all the heads of studios, why isn't she a bigger star? I've never heard of Charlotte <laughs> exactly. Kirk before. She must not be good. She's doing something wrong. <laughs> and here's a little advice to heads of other studios. Don't have sex with this woman. You think word would get around. Bad things will happen. Well, here's the thing. Word did get around because Ron Meyer had the affair with her first. And then during the fallout between this uh, Warner Brothers guy, Asuchihara, and her last year, Meyer stepped in and tried to assist in some sort of settlement between the two to keep things oh. quiet. So the three of them all know each other, know what was going on. Now, apparently, her boyfriend tried to extort Meyer and disclose uh, this affair to NBC Universal, and that's why he chose to step down instead. But she's a little bit of a troublemaker. Sounds like a grifter. <sighs> Men and their penises. Right? right? Who's with me? I mean, come on. Just, just don't be stupid. Just jerk off. Get a sex doll. My God. You could buy a good one. Exactly. Out of a studio. Those, you got those lifelike ones. They, you could probably get you a robot for your kind of money. <laughs> oh, this is a creepy story. You see about the Cuba Gooding Jr. getting another accusation against yeah. him? This woman claims that they met and went back to his hotel room, and that's where he uh, closed the door. And then this is not just a sexual assault. This is a rape charge. Mm. And... Um, 2013, apparently, back at the Mercer Hotel in New York City. Brand new accusations against Cuba Gooding Jr. She's very specific about what happened, and uh, they're pretty gruesome. Mm. His camp, of course, are denying it, saying, clearly, this is a fabricated accusation that was never reported to the police. By the way, that doesn't mean anything when, when women don't report this no. kind of thing to police. That is not a, a viable excuse, although lawyers use it all the time. Um, no basis for any claim at this point with seven years having passed. And once again, there's no timetable on when women are able to come forward with this information. But uh, mm. just another accusation against him. Yeah. And again, I'm, I, I don't want to assume guilt on anyone, but it seems like when there's these people with a ton of accusations that come out of the woodwork at a given moment, once the dam breaks, sure carries a lot more weight with me than it's when it's a, it's some a sort one-off, of you know, he said, again. she said situation. Yeah. But here we go. Hey, we talked about Ryan Reynolds getting rich off of his gin. Right. Well, he uh, he's not quite as rich as we may have been led to believe. It's like $600 million, you $610 said. million. Dollars. But apparently, the way the deal was brokered, he is what is called a earnout plan. Mm -hmm. Which means, basically, he has to remain as the public face of the brand for the next 10 years. <laughs> And he will receive payments based on the brand's future performance. So he doesn't get that $610 million as a lump sum. Right. So he's still got to work for his Clooney money. Clooney did. He got his deal from the same people of $700 million. I believe that was just a check. Yeah. But Brian Reynolds has to stay on. It's a very lucrative deal, but it's not quite as sweet as the Clooney deal. But he just stays on and keeps being the face of the drink for Which a he while. probably would have anyway because he likes the drink. Yeah. But it's very funny how he responded to everyone's response to him getting $610 million. He uh, released what, of course, is a, a fake out-of-office email response that everyone is getting as they uh, send him an email. And here's how it reads. Thanks for your email. I'm currently out of the office, but will still be working very hard at selling aviation gin. For quite a long time, it seems. In related news, I just learned what an earnout is. <laughs> And I'd like to take this opportunity to apologize to everyone I told to go fuck themselves in the last 24 <laughs> hours. 
my lawyers just explained how long it takes to achieve an earnout, so turns out I'm not as George Clooney as I thought. To that point, to those listed below, I'm sorry, and I'll indeed be needing your help in the upcoming months and years. Thanks in advance. And then uh, he wrote the following list of people he's sorry to. Mom, Blake, Peter, Diageo CEO, The Rock, George Clooney, Southern Glazers, <laughs> Betty White, TGI Fridays, AMC Theaters, Total Wine, The Number 8, Don Saladino, the head of Alfredo Garcia, soothing lavender eye pillows, and he goes on and on with other apologies to people. So, wouldn't you like just to hang out with Ryan Reynolds yes. for a night? Yes. But he and I would be drinking gin, and you would be just sitting there. I'd sipping be driving your, water, your drunk asses home, sipping water, saying, "Hey, Deadpool's great." Oh, mm. I'd get along well with Ryan Reynolds. And this guy's a dick. Actor Stuart Baker is in trouble. He's on a show called Squidbillies and the on the Adult Swim. Are you familiar yeah. with the cartoon Squidbillies? Yes, yes, I am. He just lost his job because apparently he was unhappy that Dolly Parton was siding with Black Lives <laughs> Matters, and he is a good old boy. Uh-huh. And so he put some mentions on his Facebook account that were considered derogatory and offensive. And so the folks in charge of Squidbillies said, "Hmm." We don't really want to work with you so much anymore. Bye. And then he lashed out again because he got fired. You're a dumbass. Folks, I've just been fired from my cartoon show, lost my endorsements and my chance of ever being booked by any music venue as Unknown Henson again. I guess that's a comedy a musical mm. act he does. Uh, I just hope you assholes are happy. You took a good man and talent down. You succeeded. Be proud that you ruined a person's life. All because of the freak show that, that's called Dolly Parton and the BLM. Thanks a lot. I gave you assholes over 30 years. I guess you just love to kick someone when they're down. That's so twisted and perverted. Thanks again. I'm remember you bastards. Oh, sorry. Uh, here's what he wrote over the weekend. Dolly Parton, by the way. Yeah. A freak-titted old southern bimbo and slut is what he <sighs> called her. He sounds pleasant. To uh, people who are offended, unfollow me, please, because I don't want you un-Americans around. Have fun forsaking your own race, culture, and heritage. Wow, wrote. what a fucking dick. He is. He hard, sucks. He's hardcore. What an asshole. And then, Holy shit. And then he's shocked God. and furious that someone would not want to have him oh, working on their project. I mean, like, the un-American thing got me, and then you went on, and you kept going. I'm like, fuck, he's awful how can you not comprehend that those kinds of statements might come back to bite you in the ass fucking dumbass it's one thing to even feel that way but don't you recognize oh you oh. know what for the sake of my profession i might want to keep these thoughts to my personal crowd of people or, or and how, and not publish that in a place where the average yeah. american can be read. Or how about work on your rotting soul and try to be a well, decent that's human a, being that's not gonna happen eddie see I'm, I'm i'm leaping past that because there's a foregone conclusion God. that this guy is irreparable his damage is done. But I'm saying, even if you're Just a horribly damaged human being... Have the wherewithal. Wouldn't self-preservation dictate that you'd say, oh, sure, people who like black people are race traders, but I'm just going to keep that to myself because I'd like to keep getting the check from Squidbillies. I'll tuck that one in the jacket. Yeah, I'll just... I'm going to keep that to my KKK friends that I hang out with at barbecues on the weekend. But I know what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to publish it wow. on a public forum where people can read it because I might get my ass fired. What an unbridled fucking asshole that yeah, guy is. Kind of stupid. Sad news. Actor Ben Cross has passed away from Chariots of Fire and Star Trek. He was also in First Night with Sean Connery and Richard Gere. Best known probably for playing the British Olympic athlete in the movie based on a true story about Harold Abraham's. Chariots of Fire was the film that he was in. And then, of course, he played Sarek, 
Spock's father in the uh, Star Trek reboot back in 2009, passed away at the age of 72 this week. And lastly, you know, the post office has been going through a bit of a battle lately. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that my favorite postman is finally chiming in. Cliff Clavin from Cheers <laughs> has stepped up with an idea for how to save the post oh, office. Good. John Ratzenberger, the actor who played Cliff for many seasons on Cheers, posted a little video, and I think he's got a point, especially for people like you, Eddie, who are uh, early Christmas shoppers. Yes. Uh, you know, the post office is in a uh, little bit of a pickle right now. It's, it's <laughs> certainly in the news being bounced back and forth. So I had an idea. Why not do all your Christmas shopping early at the post office store? Yeah, in the post office, they got a store in there. Now, obviously stamps and things like that. So why not translate the dollar amount you're going to pay for uh, Antilles' uh, new hat and just buy <laughs> that amount of stamps? <laughs> Easy to carry, easy to mail, easy to ship, and it's worth something. And it'll be worth something for a long time. And how many times is Antilly going to be wearing that hat? (laughs) Once, (laughs) twice. But how many times will she be using those stamps? That's right. Always thinking. (laughs) So help your local post office. Go down there and buy something. Take care. I always loved Cliff Clavin so on that show. You know, uh, Sammy, stamps uh, make an excellent Christmas gift. I can see him now. <laughs> all right, let's take a look at today's celebrity birthdays. All these stars born on August 19th. Singer Ian Gillen of Deep Purple is 75 years old today. Actress Diana Moldauer from Star Trek The Next Generation is 82. Jill St. John, actor, is 80 years old today. She looks great for 80. Singer Billy J. Kramer of Billy J. Kramer and the Dakotas is 77. The birds in the sky would be sad and lonely if they knew that I'd lost my one and only they'd be sad if you're back. Gerald McRaney, Major Dad himself, and also half of Simon & Simon, Yes, 73 today. Melissa Fumero from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, God, she's adorable, 38 years old. Jonathan Frakes, speaking of Star Trek from The Next Generation, he is 68 years old. Bassist John Deacon of Queen is 69, has since retired from the band, pretty much lost interest after Freddie Mercury died, as did many people, I might add. (laughs) Uh, Very talented bassist, wrote some of their biggest hits, including this one, no surprise, given its bass line. It's crazy how identifiable that one bass line is. Peter Gallagher is 65 years old. John Stamos, that bastard. Age, you bastard. Age. <laughs> he will. He's he will. 57. Trust He's 57. Me. He'll age. Overnight. He, oh, my God. Just wait. Kira Sedgwick is 55. Singer Johnny Nash is 80. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. Actor Kevin Dillon of Entourage is 55. Well, he was sort of a one-hit wonder with that show, wasn't Kinda he? Kind of was, wasn't he? Yeah. MTV reporter Tabitha Soren. Remember her on MTV? I do. 53 years old today. Actor Matthew Perry of Friends fame is 51. 
Actually, if you want to feel good about yourself, <laughs> don't look at John Stamos, <laughs> but feel free to look at Matthew Perry. Well, he didn't help himself. He did not. He beat himself up pretty good. And how appropriate on this One Hit Wonder Wednesday that we should say happy birthday to singer-guitarist Elliot Lurie of the band Looking Glass. He's 72 today. The sailor say Brandy, you're a fine girl. That's it for today's Celebrity Birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. Of course, Brandy was one of our first one-hit wonders that we talked about here on the show. We'll get to today's one-hit wonder in just a couple minutes. But first, let's check in across the pond with our pal from the UK. He's our UK correspondent. It's time for Mr. Steve Ashton. Oh, Ralph, you're the man who makes John Stamos look like John Merrick. <laughs> I haven't heard a good Elephant Man joke in a while. No. Hey, toilet brush head pop impresario Cowell is in the news. How's his back? Well, he's come out. Sorry, I mean, he's come off his veggie diet. Now, we spoke about his accident last week that absolutely didn't result uh, in the burial of a teenage cabana boy. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to make that very clear. Now, he broke his back on an electric bike, allegedly. Um, uh, but also, he's turned he had turned vegetarian, but now he's being treated to his old favorite cottage pie uh, whilst he recovers. Now, cottaging, incidentally, is an English euphemism for anonymous sex between men in a public <laughs> lavatory. That's true. And I'm almost certain that's just a coincidence. Now, apparently, a source has said his partner, Lauren, has been to the hospital to drop a few things off each day. Now, she's been making his favourite cottage pies. Yes, pies are mainly savoury and not sweet, Edwin. You fuck. <laughs> but Simon's version is made with turkey. Now, a small point on that. Shepherd's pie is made with ground lamb. Cottage pie is made with ground beef. So surely what Cowell is having should be called butterball pie. In incidentally, Corden's nickname at school. <laughs> so he's gone back to chocolate and meat. Now, he's gone back to the days of double-fisting handfuls of sausages into his mouth and perhaps his bumhole. But the details aren't clear about that part, though. Now, watery sludge vessel Ed Sheeran is in the news. <laughs> What's up with your favourite singer? This is an interesting one. The only copy of Ed Sheeran's first demo album that he does not own himself is being auctioned. He recorded the tracks uh, on the album Spinning Man in 2004 when he was just 13. Now, they're about what he once called his soul-shattering first breakup, presumably from his imaginary girlfriend who lives in Canada. <laughs> Were you writing songs about breakups at 13, Ralph? I was not, no. No, I was drinking cider, smoking cigarettes, and trying to finger Karen Taylor on the swings at the local park. <laughs> um, now, as he, uh, he said, he thinks that there are 20 copies of the CD, and he owns 19 of them. And as a lad, Ed was staying with relatives whilst he was out busking, and he handed a CD to one of their friends. Now, the bloke's brother is selling the last copy that Sheeran doesn't own. He said, my brother put it in a drawer and forgot about it. He didn't realize Ed would go on to be one of the world's biggest pop stars, what with him being shit and looking like an Abandoned fridge full of rats' testicles. <laughs> he did say some of that. Um, he added, all the other CDs, as far as I know, have got a sticker on saying Ed Sheeran, Spinning Man. Uh, but for this one, he'd run out of stickers, so he wrote his name on it. We've actually got a quick clip of the CD, if you like. I'd love to hear some early Ed. <laughs> Spinning Man. 
ah, just jokes, not really. So, of course, that's the call of a baby ferret, which is technically more gifted than Sheeran. <laughs> just realised I've not written a bit for the anyway. I've got oh, to go now, Ralph. Oh, interesting. <laughs> anyway, I've got to go now, Ralph. Okay, I gotta, bye. I just got to, I just got to go. I'll, t- I'll talk to you on Friday. <laughs> And now it's time for today's One Hit Wonder, the song that was a smash success and the artists that recorded it and were never quite able to get back to those heights again. Let's find out what today's One Hit Wonder is. It's the One Hit Wonder! One Hit Wonder! One Hit Wonders. It's a very common tale. Rolling Stone magazine refers to this band as British hard rock pioneers. They were formed in London in 1968. Just a bunch of teenagers getting together at that point. Their bass player was 15, lead guitarist was 17, and the lead singer and drummer were just 18 years old. And they quickly became renowned for their live shows around the UK, nonstop touring. They had several studio albums that did not sell very well until their third, an album called Fire and Water, and it featured a massive hit that became an international success in 1970. Here's Drew with his request. Hey, Ralph, Yoho, Eddie. This is Drew, two-star, Bronx, New York. Uh, one hit, one to Wednesday. Uh, All Right Now by Free. That song is an absolute fucking banger, and I've never heard another goddamn song by Free. Uh, anyway, love you, meet it, bye. It is a banger. For sure it is. <laughs> Free is the name of the band... What a tremendously talented band, but they only had really this one smash hit song. Now, their lead singer, Paul Rogers, went on to greater success with other bands and as a solo artist. But in 1970, from their third album, Fire and Water, they released All Right Now, which reached number one on the UK charts, uh, number four here in the United States, number six in Austria, four in Canada, first place in Denmark, number four in France, Germany was at number five. Uh, Ireland, also number five. Netherlands at number eight. Norway, number nine. Sweden, top of the charts at number one. And in Switzerland, number four. An international smash hit song and still a classic on uh, rock streaming services and radio stations everywhere. Here they are from 1970. The band is free. The song is all right now. The band disbanded in 1973, and then lead singer Paul Rogers went on to his next band, Bad Company, where he had oh, multiple yeah. hits, then had a, a very successful solo career as well. Cited as one of the greatest rock singers of all time, John Mellencamp called him the best rock singer ever. Freddie Mercury was a huge fan 
of Paul Rogers. And in fact, uh, Paul Rogers recently toured and recorded with Queen. He became their new lead singer for a minute there. Hmm. A lot of people, when they hear that song, don't know the band Free, and they think it's Rod Stewart singing that song. Really? Yeah. A lot of people seem to confuse that with Rod I'm Stewart. Maybe a little bit. I guess I could hear a little bit, but... Yeah, I suppose. Uh, so much so that Rod Stewart actually recorded a cover of that song <laughs> and released it in the winter of 1985. It only reached number 72 on the charts, oh. largely because it's fucking awful. Is it worse than what, Yoakum's Purple Rain? I think so. <laughs> It's kind of a synthesizer disco version oh, of no. that song. I knew you'd want to hear it. So here's a little taste of Rod Stewart's cover of All Right Now. It's God, it's all it took all the bite out of that song. Absolutely. Jesus. It just smoothed off all the edges and now it sounds like the uh. song on every soundtrack of every action movie in the 1980s. <laughs> but it was like the song that was on the B-side of the soundtrack album, not one of the hits that came off it. But when you bought the album because you liked Axel Foley's right. theme or something, <laughs> that was like, oh. you'd get one of those tucked away in the I back end of it. this was in the movie. Yeah, that was awful. Oh, that was bad. Not good at all. And that's it for today's One Hit Wonder Wednesday. It's the One Hit Wonder! One Hit Wonder! One Hit Wonders. It's a very common tale. And that's it for today's show, kids. I hope you had a good time. I sure did. Come on back tomorrow. We're going to do it all over again. Tomorrow's a Thursday, by the way, which always gets very sexy here on the Ralph Report mm. with Ralph Sex University. We're going to be talking about an aspect of human sexuality and I kind of realized when we started doing this segment that at one point we'd have to cover this. Oh. And uh, tomorrow's the day. You sound like you've been putting it off. Uh, it's not a topic that uh, warms the cockles of my heart <laughs> uh -oh. or right. my cock, in that, or, in, <laughs> for that matter. It's, uh, it, it makes me slightly uncomfortable. Oh. And if it makes me slightly yeah, uncomfortable. Yeah, if it makes you uncomfortable, that's a warning flag you may leave the room i might there's a possibility you oh, might be leaving shit. the room so uh we'll be talking about that tomorrow so please come on back we don't have a good time here unless you're with us but in order to be here with us you got to take care of yourself so first of all watch your kids sandy i'm gonna play this okay <laughs> stay the fuck at home right and also wash your hands really well make sure you stay good in the hood and as always Stay swell. Give them hell, buddy. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Until then, love you. Mean it. Bye. <laughs>